0: Said that many young children develop reflux, but reflux in and of itself is overly diagnosed. Most babies and toddlers, they actually have reflux. Then, why is it that when young children have feeding challenges, vomiting, or excessive crying, the culprit is often thought to be reflux? Because most children are not having huge feeding challenges, they're not having excessive vomiting, they're not crying for hours upon hours upon hours each day. But reflex is really common. So why is the culprit often thought to be reflex? It's uh, almost as if we are medicalizing normalcy. Today I want to discuss what reflex is and some of its mimickers. I want you to have a better understanding of reflex. And this understanding can help you with figuring out if you've been told that your child has reflex, what that might mean or what it might not. Mean. So let's get started. In fact, I even have a fun experiment. I'm Dr. Evka, the mom at the play group who's in charge of the food and the lecture series. Empowering other mothers when something seems off with their children, sharing mindset work when it comes to motherhood, medicine made understandable, and mastery of your child and who that child is when they have food intolerances, feeding challenges, or other of your concerns. You've heard that I'm a family doctor, a feeding physician, a life coach, a nutritionist, and a best-selling author. But if you ask me, I will tell you. I'm another mom just like you. And I'm your friend. Just remember that this information is being shared for educational purposes only and some of it's opinion-based. If you have a specific medical concerns, please see your regular doctor. That's not me. If you look up reflux in a dictionary, so if you go into the section of your dictionary that says with the letter R and then look up reflux, you might come across the following definition. Reflux is the flow of fluid through a tube in the opposite direction of how it is meant to go, right? So reflux is flow, it's flow of fluid, and it's going backwards. And the fluid is going not how it's intended to go. There's a physical reason why backer's flow can happen in babies. Let's discuss like this whole digestive process. Let's talk about the stomach. Let's talk about this backer flow through it. You can think of the digestive tract as a one hollow tube filled with muscles and stomach contents and digestive t- tract contents and food. But the one hollow tube has lots of muscles. The stomach is in a large portion of that hollow tube, and the stomach has a ton of muscles, right? Muscles. When we eat, food goes into the mouth, down another portion of this digestive tube, through a ring of muscle, and into the stomach. For many older children and adults, the ring of muscle keeps this other portion of the digestive tube separate from the stomach. The stomach has strong muscles. These muscles do what muscles do. They contract and relax. The stomach also produces acid. Thanks to the action of this ring of muscle, this acid does not often wind up in the tube connecting the mouth to the stomach. If the ring of muscle cannot quite do its job, however, then the stomach muscles contract and relax Acidic stomach juice may get into this tube. Think of it kind of like a stomp rocket. I recently made a stomp rocket with my child and um, it was so much fun. I actually have not a prior episode about it, but think of the stomach like um stomp rocket. I'm gonna show you how to make it one quickly, and then I'm gonna discuss how the stomach's kind of like a stump rocket and what this has to do with reflex. So this is the Dr. Evica version of a stop rocket. And I recommend when you're doing this, that you do it somewhere where there isn't a lot of like fragile stuff around where you mind if things get a little bit messy. So I want you to take an aluminum juice pouch. You can probably get one at most stores. It's that juice pouch that's kind of made of aluminum, isn't the box, it's made of aluminum, as a pouch. And part of the packaging in the, of this aluminum pouch includes a straw, and the straw is surrounded by a plastic wrapper. So you want to take the uh, straw out of the plastic wrapper. The plastic wrapper gets curled up into a little small ball, and you attach the straw to the the juice pouch. There's usually on a juice pouch, there's an, a little circular area that says straw goes here so, or something of that sort. So just attach the straw there, okay? Tape it in place if you want to. You wanna make sure there's a strong connection or really stick the straw in there. Now attach the other end of the juice pouch to the small ball, okay? Now this is where it's gonna get messy because now you have this these attachments going. And I'm going to ask you to do something. I want you to stomp on the juice box filled with juice. What's going to happen is that the small ball should fly out from the other side of the straw. In fact, if the straw is not securely fastened to the juice box, perhaps the straw will fly out as well. Hopefully this explains it to you well. If it doesn't, I will eventually do a YouTube video of me doing this outside so you can kind of see how this whole pumping action works. Or the stomping action. The stomach does the kind of stomping action that we just created with this Dr. Evka stomp rocket. It propels things out of it. If the muscle connecting the stomach to the tube above it cannot properly close, stomach contents will fly out of the stomach. In our example, the ball flew into the air and the juice. Probably flew in the air as well, or it leaked from someplace out of the juice pouch. In addition, did you see how we simulated reflux in our experiment? Again, the definition of reflex is the flow of fluid through a tube in the opposite direction to how it is meant to go. At the factory, a machine put juice into the juice box. Perhaps the juice was meant to stay in, into the container and which was meant to like stay there. And then we put the straw onto the juice box and we squeezed on the juice box. And the juice came back into the environment, the environment which they had originally been part of before it was all trapped within the juice box. Reflex, stomach context flows back up the tube from which it previously came. This reverse flow is known as reflux. It is common in very young children because the muscle in between this tube and the stomach, well, it's not perfect. It takes time for it to do a better job of keeping chemo- stomach contents from re-entering the part of the digestive tube closer to the mouth. So symptoms of reflux in babies include whip burps or hiccups as well as spit up. Uh, fluid winds up oozing out of the mouth. This is a normal process. It's kind of like in our experiment, juice oozing out of the juice pouch. What I find interesting is that young children's symptoms, such as vomiting, failure to grow, and excess crying are often attributed to reflux. Even the reflux is like a normal quotation marks process. If babies have reflux, then why don't most babies also have vomiting, failure to grow, and excessive crying? Perhaps there's something else going on, and I want to discuss that with you.
1: Children thought to have e- reflux actually may have something else that's going on. This is especially true if we are discussing pathological reflux. We're not talking about those children who just spit up every once in a while or who hiccup. If a young child has vomiting, excess crying, and weight changes, we're not talking about one-of-the-male reflux. We're talking about something else, more likely. And I want to spend this episode. Discussing that. What are some of these mimickers of reflux? On the Dr. Evka website in the About section, you will find the wording. Click here to get a list of diagnoses that might mimic reflux. That list is huge. I will link to it here. Some of the other medical conditions on that list include non IgE immediate food allergies, FPIs eosinophilic esophagitis, various mentality disorders, cyclic vomiting syndrome, and so on and so on and so on. When people attribute young children's symptoms to these other medical conditions, are they disregarding these other diseases? Such disregard can happen when it comes to diagnoses. Did you know that the youngest children for a given grade level are at higher risk of being diagnosed with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder or ADHD? This is compared to children in the same grade who are older. If a third grader is born in November, for instance, that person is more likely to be diagnosed with ADHD compared to a third grader who is born in July, or maybe not even to be diagnosed, but to come to the attention of uh, adults and healthcare professionals that perhaps they need to look at an ADHD diagnosis in this child. Both children are at the same grade level, but the younger child may naturally be more immature. When you're told by the school that your younger child might need to be evaluated for ADHD, perhaps what the school is actually describing is a case of immaturity. In the same way, parents might be told that their children have reflux. In fact, it is a common diagnosis that is often given in the first six months of life. Not even necessarily by doctors, but also by other members of the general public. Some children who cry a lot, have feeling challenges, vomit, or have changes in their growth curve may be described as having reflux. And the fact they may be prescribed medications for reflux. Even if doctors don't prescribe the medications, perhaps a friend tells them, give your child a medication for reflux. You can even buy these medications without prescription. Yet yeah, a couple of good randomized studies suggest that there is no benefit to the treatment of reflux in young children with acid suppressors. If you give these children histamine blockers or proton pump inhibitors to treat the symptoms of reflux, the children might not get any better. There's a free course about one of the treatments of reflux with some of these acid suppressors on my website, DrEvKa.com. Evka, I'll link to it here. Um, Again, it's a free course, and in my opinion, the free course is worth taking. Why then is it that some caregivers swear by acid suppressors? Why do they say that they gave their children acid suppressors and their symptoms seem to get much better? Were they lying? I don't think so. I believe them. Part of the reason why some children improve with acid suppressors is not because these children have reflux. It could be because these acid suppressors treat other medical conditions, not just reflux. In some cases, they're actually a benefit. Again, I discussed this in my free training, the free course. There's a link to it here in the the show notes. Just look for it. In the interim, I want you to understand that acid suppressors do not treat run-of-the-mill reflux as defined. In fact, there are risks to acid suppressors. For instance, some acid suppressors, like proton pump inhibitors, actually carry a significant risk to them. Children whose stomach acid is lowered by these acid suppressors may be at increased risk. Of developing lower respiratory tract infections like pneumonia, stomach acid works as a line of defense against infections. When the stomach's contents becomes less acidic, a child may be more vulnerable to infections. One of my goals on the Doctor Evka platform is to give you a better sense of what exactly your child has. Is it just the mill reflex? Is it something else? To learn more about how you can try figure this out. I can link you to the work with me section of the doctor of Go website and I hope to be working with you. Currently, I'm accepting clients for one-on-one work and eventually are going to have a course out there. So I hope to talk to you soon and to meet up with you again on my website. In the meantime, you might have noticed that my website looks rebranded because previously I was talking about with food allergies, children with feeding and challenges, children with colic. And these different entities could all seem separate. Like, why don't you talk about them in one website? Uh, like the uh, colic could have its own website, for instance. But all of these conditions are also related. And what is what is the relationship the relationship is that many of these medical conditions are mistaken for reflex. So let's start with the reflex. Let's start with defining what reflex is, and then move on to talking about all of this minutiae. All right. Hopefully you found this uh, episode to be helpful. If you want other people to listen to this episode or episodes like it, please go on your favorite podcast channel and subscribe to the podcast. Also rate it. So write a review and rate it. You can do this. Um, five stars for good measure. Please, I look forward to talking to you soon. I'll be starting to do shout outs to people who actually review my, my website uh, and review my podcast. So thank you, and I hope to talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Lighting glow. Lighting glow. Lighting glow.